want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction Church today. As you hear this message, we pray that your faith will grow and you will be both encouraged and challenged. We would really love it too if you would subscribe, rate, review, and share this online. You can also help us reach others by partnering with us financially. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com slash give. We hope you enjoy the message today. now called Atari. Okay. Is there any old Atari people in the room today? Raise your hand. You remember playing Atari? You remember it coming out and you having the little square uh, deals you used to shove in there? Remember how when it wouldn't work? Remember how we used to clean them? Everybody used to do that. Yes. Yes. That's so funny. Okay. Well, we're in this series called Atari because we want to talk about pixels and parables, okay? Jesus taught in parables. It helped us understand the kingdom of God when he told a story that went with it. By no means did Jesus tell any Atari stories, okay? But just for fun, what we've done is we've gone through Scripture and we've found some things that we think are very beneficial for the kingdom of God growing in our hearts and lives. And what we've done for fun is taking some old video games and taking these things that found in Scripture and said, hey, did you notice that when you played this game, there was something really cool that happened that kind of illustrates what Jesus did. So we're going to be doing that next several weeks. And if you would, I would just hope you guys, would you just pray real quick with me? Father, show us where you want to go with this. Teach us, guide us, bless us. And Jesus, anoint me. Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I got a little nostalgic here. Uh, Who remembers MTV? Yeah. It used to not be a news channel. Okay. They used to show music videos. They actually did. And then I rolled my pants legs up. Did y'all see that? And then I broke out my 1985. No joke. That's exactly what this is. In 1985, I was the New Mexico State Soapbox Derby champion. Built my own car with dad, the whole deal. Went to the World Championships in Akron, Ohio. They gave me this watch, and I put it on just for today. That's right. And um, you know where they raced us? Well, you know, y'all know where the races were for the Soapbox Derby Championships? Carlsbad on Sea Hill, right next to the high school on that great big thing. I don't think my parents liked me. They shot us down through that thing. We, we picked up some speed. We really did. But um, that was my experience in the 80s. And you know what else I remember about the 80s? One of my favorite games, Galaga. Does anybody remember Galaga? Let me tell you the story behind Galaga. Galaga is this story about you being strapped into the, a, a spaceship, okay? And you're being attacked by space aliens, which happen to look like little bugs, okay? And every time you shot one, you got points, and the object was to gain as many points as you could. As you went through this, you learned that you shot them, they would shoot back at you, so you could move left, and you could move right, and you could keep firing. In the second round of Galaga, you found that the boss bugs, the boss ships, they had to be shot twice, and they developed a special weapon. They just didn't shoot at you. They also had a tractor beam. Now, I want to show you, if you've never played Galaga before, this is kind of how it goes. Who remembers this music? Yes. 
So round one, they kind of just disorient and you, you shoot at them. This is where you learn how to play. And um, uh, then it moves into uh, round two. And in round two, this is where you find you're being fired back on. But you notice the boss buff when you come down has this tractor beam. Now, when you play this for the first time, you think you just lost your ship. But in a way, you did. But later on, you find out that if you're very a really good shot, you can shoot the boss bug, which allows you to recapture your ship. And then pay attention to this. You're reunited. Everybody say united. With your ship, and that gives you two shots with one shot. This is very important for the third round. Because in the third round comes the bonus round where they don't shoot at you. But if you're able to shoot every one of the bug ships, you get a 10,000 point bonus. That's such a big deal. So we're going to use Galaga today as our pixels and parable as we discuss the power of unity. In the world we live in today, that's the request most people have. I wish our world was more united. I wish our country was united. I want unity. But as much as we all want unity, very few of us know how to ever be unified. Unity is one of the most spoke about subjects in Scripture, especially referring to anything that God has for his people. That's the power of unity. Every time when the Holy Spirit came and gave the new church power to go into all the world and preach the gospel there's a specific things it says it says they were they gathered in the upper room and they were united they were united every time god's people thought the same acted the same gave the same did the same there was a unity about them god always did something special i want to throw this out there and today we're going to talk about three different things okay and these three things require unity for us to ever experience the bonus rounds that God has for us, okay? And these three things we're going to talk about is unity in regards to your friends, unity in regards to your family, and unity in regards to your Father in heaven. So the first one today we're going to talk about is your friends. Friends are very important. But here I want to jump out the beginning. I'm talking to all the teenagers. I'm talking to all the adults. Just listen to me closely. One of the biggest things you're ever going to experience is Jesus wanting to take you somewhere, but your friends wanting to go somewhere else. I guarantee across the board. Let's just get that out in the open. So we're talking about unity. So why is it that we're talking about disunity right now? Because it happens to the best of us. God wants to go somewhere and our friends want to take us somewhere else. And so I'm going to start off today and almost contradict what I have to say. But you've got to listen to what I'm, I'm saying. You've got to be very careful. Because until you can be great together, you might have to learn how to be great alone. Until you can figure out who you are as an individual in our Father's plan. Until you can give Jesus a yes. And until you can be alone with just you and him. Unity sometimes, unity will come eventually, but you need to know who you are in Christ because ultimately what we're going to find here today, going where God wants to go and doing what he wants us to do is single-handedly the first thing that we find in unity, to be united with our Father in heaven. We'll get to that in a minute, but let's talk about what if. What if you find yourself in the position to where God has done a transformation in your life. 
He's done a transformation in your heart, the way you think, the things that you speak. Well, then let me turn to you and tell you, there is nothing greater than when friends who are united to follow Jesus come together and serve the Lord together. Scripture tells us some amazing things about unity. It says one through prayer can send a thousand angels to flight, but two united in prayer can send 10,000 angels to flight. That, that's multiplication. Did you notice a thousand to 10,000? That's the power of two. Ecclesiastes, t- Ecclesiastes tells us this, that, that one strand is easily broken, two is harder to break, but three is almost impossible. It says that a three-strand cord is almost impossible to break, and, and with friendship, it's the same way. This is why it's so important. Let's stop and pause. I know that there's going to be a day in your life that your friends are going to matter in the future that you have in our Lord Jesus Christ. Truthfully, honestly, it doesn't matter if you're a teenager or an adult. Your friends can be one of the greatest bonus round unities that can take place in your life. Okay? But here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. You ready? The kicker is this. You're going to have to make friends with people who desire God as much as you do. Seriously. A hunger. Why? There's a great little story found in Scripture of three Hebrew young men. Now, these three young men were also leaders in the community. They're almost like governors. They oversaw kingdoms and and different areas for the king. But one day, the king, who was so full of himself, set up an image of gold just like him and asked the entire community to worship this image, okay? Now, what do you do? What do you do when your leaders ask you to do something you know you don't need to do? What do you do when you've been put in a situation to where you're wondering what choice do I make? It's in these moments that God blesses you with great friends. And these three young men, you know them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, stood up and encouraged each other. Now, let me, this is kind of how it unfolds in my head. All three of them knew it could cost them their life. All three of them knew the pickle they were in. All three of them didn't want to burn in the fiery furnace. But when one spoke up, two were listening. And when the other one spoke up, two more were listening. And when the third one spoke up, two others were listening. And through all these conversations, they began to encourage each other. I almost have it in my head that one of them turned and said, if I'm going to be killed, I want to be killed with you guys. I mean, if we're going to go down, at least we're going to go down together. Hey, when we walk through the gates of heaven, I can't think of anybody else I'd rather walk through than with you guys. And let me ask you a question. I know you have friends who can pull you away from God. I've got friends like that too. But let me just ask you this. Have you got friends that can challenge you to do things that are going to be hard for God, but together you can do it? Because in the same way that I have friends that I know, I know, I may be the only Jesus they ever see. I mean, honestly, let's think about this. Does this mean we remove ourselves from the world? No, stop. There's going to be a time in your life that you have to be alone. We have to find, are you the influenced or are you the influencer? Are you the person that's going to give in or are you the person that stands upon the rock? Where do you build your house? But in it, you have to know this. 
at some point, don't be surprised if God removes you from the world to then one day put you right back into the world that you came from. Let me give you an example. When I was a young man, I grew up in Phoenix. After I left here, graduated here, went to Phoenix. And then in Phoenix, there was this night. It was this night that uh, people began to give their testimonies and different things. And there was this one young lady that I had watched. God literally brought her out of her bad situation. She was a drug addict. She had a drug dealer. She had drug dealing friends. She had using friends. She had all kinds of people in her life. And literally one day we came into her life and then God through some supernaturally cool ways provided her a way to get out of that life and into a whole detox situation to where she was just completely ripped out of her old world and put into a brand new world. And, and I tell you what, you, it was amazing this young woman's recovery. She got off drugs. She got healthy, she got strong, she, was got, she became hungry for God's word. She began studying, reading, she, just, she just grew into a little dynamo for Jesus. She really did. What was amazing about it was, is she had absolutely no desire to go back to the world she was in. In her ideas, that was the devil. That's the devil. We ain't going back to the devil. And, and that, we don't want to go back to the, our old life. But the closer that she got to Jesus, the, the voice just kept pumping in her heart. It's time to go back. It's time to go back. At first she thought, this is ridiculous. This is just temptation. But the more and more she pressed in the Lord, she began to find it was the same voice that as she read scripture and as she prayed, it was his voice saying it's time to go back. Uh, When she was delivered from the old life, she threw her cell phone away, lost contacts, uh, everything. This was a part of her recovery. But now that God had done a new thing in her life, she realized God was calling her to go back. Let me tell you a real cool story. It's not unusual. Remember the story of Moses? And that God delivered him from Egypt, transformed him, changed him, showed him how real he was. And then what did he ask Moses to do? Go back. Go back and rescue your people, my people. And Pharaoh needs to see who I am. This young lady went back. When the first phone call she made, and don't forget, we were all a little nervous, was to her old drug dealer. She had that phone number still memorized. Yeah. And she called him up and said, hey, listen, I'm going to be giving my testimony at church. I'd like for you to come. And he came. He thought he was going to sell some drugs. And he didn't hear he was going to hear. He didn't realize he was going to hear a testimony. She called up her old friends, and they all came. That night, we saw six or seven people accept Christ as their Savior because they wanted something different too. And it was all because I didn't know them. Nobody else knew them. They wouldn't have come for me. They would have come for anybody else. They came because they knew her. This is the transformation power for your friends. That's one level. But the second level is, do you have those people in your life? Do you have those people? Just like this young lady. It wasn't just the friends that she had back in her old life. It was also the friends that we circled around her. We were the ones praying for her. We were the ones believing for her. We were the ones that were studying scripture together, sharpening each other. We don't use that language. We don't do that thing. We think better thoughts. We transform our mouth. We transform our hearts. Who are your friends that sharpen the Jesus-chasing skills in your life? That is so important. Okay, next one. It's not just your friends, but there's a bonus round 
when we can learn how to be united with our family. Let me read you a scripture real quick. This is found in Romans. And in Romans chapter 15, verse 5, it says, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be, what does it say? Like-minded towards one another. Okay, stop. When it comes to family, that's one of the things that we have to think and chew on. What does it mean to be like-minded? It means to be unified. For family, more than anything, there is a sense of disunity. In fact, as we talk about unity, some of you, it's so far out of your mind to even possibly experience unity. You've never seen a marriage. Your mom and dad weren't unified. You've never seen growing up, everybody fought in your school. Nobody got along. Everybody picked on each other. It's your job. It's your community and your life. You don't know what it's like to be unified, and God needs to show you. And he starts by showing you scripture like this when he says, be like-minded. Towards who? Towards one another. It means be on the same page. Be the greatest cheerleader for each other. Root each other on. Then it goes on, it says, according to Christ Jesus. That's very important. Now be like-minded towards Christ Jesus. That you may with one, and these are two important words, one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stop. For unity to take place in our family, we have to be united with one mind and one mouth. But who knows those two things can be one of the biggest, baddest bruisers in our family. It's hard to get into one mind. And especially it come out of our mouth. Let's go on. Glorifying the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us. How did Jesus receive us? With grace and truth. You need to have grace for each other, but you need to walk in truth. Jesus' truth also. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. To the glory of of God. Now, this should encourage you, but let's just face it. Who knows that we can get along with people easier than we can get along with family? Why are y'all saying yes so loudly? People are like nodding their head all over this place like this. But, but, but be honest, let me, let me just throw this out there. What if, what if you could love your mother-in-law as much as you love your mother? I'm serious. I'm serious. What if, what if, let me throw this out there. What if you could love your father-in-law as much as you love your father? Supposing that you like your father. Let me tell you this. What if, what if you were actually rooting for your brother? This is actually being competitive with him. And hoping he failed. Hoping he fall on his face. What if you were actually the biggest supporter, rooter, cheer on of your brother? What, what, if you were the, what, what if you were the biggest cheerleader for your sister? Uh, these are just things I want to put in your, I just want you to put in your heart. And this is what one like-minded towards one another looks like. And it's this moment to realize there might have to be a lot of transformation that happens in my mind, in my heart, in my mouth for me to see the unity. But let me tell you, a family that's united Experiences some, bo- experiences some bonus rounds that is rare and unique but wonderful. Yes, yes. And what if? 
What if? Uh, let me just tell you real quick. Um, being in-laws with a family that pastors three miles down the road from us has its challenges. And if you don't know this, let me just tell you, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, Heather's sister and Jody, pastor, Christian Center, which is literally, y'all, some of y'all passed it on the way up here, okay? It, over the years, there's been 20 years I've been pastoring here. Jody's been there longer than that. There's been issues. There's been, there's, there, there has been issues. I won't lie to you. But there's, oh gosh, 10 years ago, I, I, something like that, I don't God just began to work in me. And, and I just knew that I, I couldn't do anything except for what I had permission to fix. And my heart wasn't right. And my head wasn't right. And there were times my mouth wasn't right. Um, listen, if y'all have got nephews like we have nephews, sometimes family, just, it just bugs you. It's just like, why did they get that? Or why, why did they get so successful? And you know, why are their kids this? And I just woke up one day and I told Heather, you know what? I'm tired of living like this. And I, I'm ready to adopt our nephews. And she wasn't sure what that meant, like I was going to kill Haley and Jotty or something. And <laughs> I said, no, I, I want to I be the kind of uncle that, that never replaces parents. I just want to make sure. I told her, I said, I want to be the kind of uncle that doesn't replace parents, but comes alongside them. And I'm just, I'm just what, what would you call it? Like a, like a, a sub-parent, a funkle. That's right, a fun uncle. I want to be a funkle in these guys' lives. And so that started the process. Hey, did, did y'all know this? Have, have you guys ever been to a Hobbs Eagle game? You know, a football game? Have you been to a Hobbs Eagle football game? Have you heard the cannon fire off? Have you ever heard the cannon? You know who shoots the cannon? It's me. I really, seriously, it's me. If you think it's too loud, good. Yeah, I really do. I'm the cannon shooter for the Hobbs Eagles. Let me tell you something fun. Do you know that when the Hobbs Eagles score a touchdown, the cannon goes off one time? Do you know that when Jackson Parker Kinney, my nephew, scores a touchdown, the cannon goes off twice? It really does. It really does. It really does. And a lot of people don't know that because everybody's cheering and the band comes on. However the song goes. And, and, and nobody, usually nobody notices it. But it's something I just started doing. And I, I, I thought, maybe I should ask permission. And I thought, heck no, this is what a Funkle does. <laughs> and so I have the little cannon loaded, and I have the big cannon loaded, and Jody will usually turn around and go, that was Jackson. And I go, boom, on this one. And then I yank the string, boom, on this one. And in all the history of the Hobbs Eagles, the cannon has never gone off twice for one player, except for my nephew, Jackson Kinney. Now, you may do it with your nephew. Ja- Sam comes up next, next year. And I'm going to do the same thing for Sam. I just decided that was fun. Jackson never noticed it at first. And then he said, did you shoot it twice? I said, yeah, why? Because I love you. (laughs) Here's something something else. I go to CrossFit early in the morning, early, early in the morning. This Friday, and and about every other week, or just kind of whenever I can, I stop by the donut place. I get a dozen dozen donuts. And I'll text the boys. It'll be 6.50 in the morning. I know they're not up. And I'll say, "Hey, hey, it's Uncle Ty. I just want to let you guys know how much I love you, and God's going to give you a great day today. Go get them, guys. And I'll take the donuts and sit them on the front porch, and when they get up, they'll take them off the front porch. And then all of a sudden, my phone will go, ding, and it's Sambo. Sambo's always up first. And he goes, 
Hey, I love you, Uncle Ty. Thank you so much. I'm like, ding. I look at this Jackson. It's like, hey, thanks, Uncle Ty. I love you so much. I don't have to say I love you. But see, here's the thing I want to tell you that. It's because I had a choice how many years ago. Do I become so competitive that I start despising the people that God put first in my life? Or do I start having fun in realizing you get out of it what you put into it? Y'all got time for a little bit more? Here's the first thing I want you to see this. In order for us to start celebrating our families and have unity, you need to start being thankful for your family. Brady's going through 15-year-old age right now. Brady's 15, and there's issues. It, 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 I can probably put when he was two and when he was 15 side by side, it's about the same thing, okay? <laughs> and everything's drama. Everything's drama. Golf is drama. Uh, work is drama. He's got a job. Work is drama. Homework's drama. School's drama. drama. He's got drama on top of drama, okay? And, and it wears on Heather. It wears on me. It's just a teenage. I went through it. Too. I was perfect. Heather was, it was more like what, what Heather was like when she was growing up. And, <laughs> and, and, and so I know she's worn out, but I'm taking Brady to golf now. And, and we're, I'm just driving. I'm just thinking, oh, come on, kid. And so, we're, we're, you know, I'm driving. So I kick him out at golf. I slowed down to 15, okay? And I taught my son tuck and roll, and so I push him out. No, I don't. I, I let Brady out at golf, and I'm driving off. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm preaching this weekend on family. I'm preaching this weekend on family. How come it feels like we can't be unified? Do you guys ever feel the same way? I'm just trying to get on the same page with my 15-year-old. And instantly, I thought of my first point today. If the first point we get to when it comes to unity is thankfulness. And instantly I felt in my heart, what are you thankful for when it comes to Brady? What are you thankful for when it comes to Brady? Hmm. I had to think about it. Because <laughs> it's pretty tense right now in our house, isn't it? God, I really can't think of anything right. What? <laughs> and I, was, I just started thinking of the little things. And the first thing, this is the first thing that popped you know who made me a daddy? Brady Bean. Hudson also made me a daddy. But you know who gets the privilege of being the very first one who ever made me a daddy? Brady Bean. You know why that's so important? Because I never will forget my first Easter after having a child. Because I'm sitting there holding Brady as we're worshiping Jesus. And we're talking about the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. And I'm holding my brand new son. And it dawns on me. John 3.16 never came alive as my first year when I was holding my brand new child. And instantly I thought, would I give my child for you guys so that you wouldn't go to hell? I love you, but I'd rather you go to hell. <laughs> and I never, I never got that before. I never understood that. And I'm like, you gave your son? God, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. You know who taught me the heart of God like nobody else had? Brady Bean. I thought I got it up to that point. All of a sudden, driving down the road. You know what has been one of the greatest things that's pulled Heather and I together as a couple to believe for our children? Sometimes it's our kids' drama. 
We can't fix a lot of stuff. We can't fix bullies. We can't fix, and so we come in, and we can either be drama too, be like, I'm going to that school, I'm going to tell that kid, like, I'm going to tell that 11-year-old. And, and Heather and I stop, and we come together, and we pray. Father, we pray for these kids. Brady Bean pulled us together. And all of a sudden, just driving down that road, I began to be thankful for my son. And all of a sudden, it became to get easier. And I remember, this is the bigger plan. This is, we're not in a sprint, we're in a marathon. Yeah. You know how you change your heart? Start being thankful for the people around you. Your brother's there for a reason. So is your brother-in-law, your sister, your sister-in-law. Yeah, be thankful. The last and final one I want to talk to you guys about. Got it? Your father. We still haven't figured out this screen yet. But it is over there. It's your father. To be unified with your father. Fabian, would you come up? Your, your unity... Here's the reason I want to show you this. When we started off today, we talked about the bonus round and the power of unity, okay? But from your friends to be unified, who's sharpening you? Who is being that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in your life? To your family, okay? Are we believing for our family? To now our father, watch, when we grow closer to our father, he takes us back to our, our friends. I'm going to show you the scripture. This is Jesus Jesus is actually praying here. Jesus is fixing to go to the cross, and then he's going to go be buried, and then he's going to be resurrected. But before the betrayal takes place, Jesus prays. And guess who he prays for? You. He says this, I do not pray for these alone but also for those who will believe in me through their word, okay? So he turns and he starts praying for every person that from the day that salvation is available, the day that life is available, you believe in Jesus, every person who chooses to follow Jesus, he starts praying for them. And what does he pray? That they all may be one. But how one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Until we know who we are alone with Jesus, that is when we will know who we are with our friends and our family with Jesus. May they learn to be one with us, that the world may believe that you sent me. How do we now go and be a witness to our friends from being alone with Jesus to then be able to be with our friends to be the light of the world? You, again, may be the only Jesus someone ever sees. Verse 22. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as me, just as we are one. Back to the unity. Let this one thing start unifying us. We want to follow Jesus. Let this one thing start unifying us. We're going to chase after God's kingdom. Let this one thing start being in our mind and in our mouth. We want more of God's best for our life. That we may be one just as we are one. Jesus and God. 
But then verse 23 is my favorite. It says, I in them and you in me. Jesus is saying, Father, that I may be in them. And you, Father, are with me right now. That they may be made, what does it say? Perfect in one. Can unity actually bring that kind of bonus round? Can unity actually cause a marriage to become successful? Because we finally got on the same page. We didn't know what could unite us, so we just started following Jesus. And the more we started following Jesus, the more it pulled us together. I started following friends who sharpened me, and my friends who sharpened me helped me to witness to my friends who didn't know anything about God. And when I felt like I was being pulled, I went back to my friends who knew Jesus, and they sharpened me. And, and once again, we just kept being the light. Could unity perfect us that much? And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Let me ask you a question. How good are you at just finally realizing you can't do this by yourself? finally get on God's page it brings the perfection of his work in our life not that you'll ever be perfect but the perfection of his way starts going to work and we become Christ followers we change for no other reason than just being around him but then God uses people and as people come around us, we sharpen each other. We encourage each other. We let each other know, I don't think that's the direction God's taking you. Come on, let's follow Jesus. And we come right back. How good are you at uniting your life with people that are on the same page of following Jesus? Because there's some bonus rounds. If we can follow Him, and when we can follow Him together. I, I was teaching my boys one day what church was like. You remember this when you were little kids? You used to go... And here's the church. Oh, here's the church. And here's the steeple. And you open the door, and there's all the people. Did you do that too growing up? How funny. I used to say, and that was Pastor Bill, and that was Pastor Mark, and here's Ty, and here's, here's Derek, and, and it was just all my little buddies that were at church. And, and here's the deal. These two things are so important. When we follow Him, then we, could follow him together have you ever done that I want to just ask you to bow your heads right now let's just take a moment Father I just pray for my friends and this is real simple little parable about Galaga tonight this morning and asking a question how good are you at unity sometimes we sneak, in, sneak into our caves sometimes we close the curtains and lock the doors sometimes we separate ourselves just so, because we're so scared. <coughs> we could always be burned. We can always be broken hearted. Things can happen. Sometimes stuff just happens, but that's no reason to live in fear. Jesus, today I pray for whatever part of this message today just really jumped inside of us. How, how good are we at finding friends? How good are we at finding friends? How good are we making ourselves friendly? How good are we rooting for our family? 
How good are we being the biggest cheerleader or are we great at being competitive? Father, our family is somebody we didn't get to choose, but you chose for us. And Father, this type of unity really revolves around one key thing. If we're in you, if we're in you, you help us believe the best in other people. You really do. You help us believe the best in other people, to cheer others on, and then also to be cheered on. So Lord, show us what it means in our own personal life, in our family, in ourselves, to be united, to experience the bonus rounds that you have for us. Lord, just while every head bowed and every eye closed, I just pray you would just do start healing some hearts. Just start healing some hearts. It's, it, it's okay. It's okay. But right now, there just may be some moments we just need to say, God, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, Lord. But at the same time, there just may be some forgiveness that needs to be given. Lord, I forgive them. I forgive what was said. I just want to let it go. Lord, I pray that you would begin to massage our hearts to the healthiness that you promised for us through unity. Lord, I pray that our light would shine bright so that others would know you as well. And as we seek you, direct our paths. We love you. We trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Fabian, can we sing that song? What was that song we were singing a minute ago? God, you're so good. Y'all remember singing that growing up? God, you're... How's it going? you help me? God, you're so good. Come on, let's sing it. God, you're so good. God, you're so love us so and you love us so it's true Lord you love us so you love us so you're so Did you ever think about it? He does love you so. He really does. Right now, our prayer team is getting ready, and they want to pray for you. If you doubt that in any way, how much God loves you, maybe you're just carrying a burden. Some stuff's heavy. Just got some heavy stuff going on. You're not in this alone. I'm going to say it again. You may think you're alone, but you walked in here today. And there are more who are for you than against you. You might sit here and tell me all the things that are against you right now. And I, I, I want to just tell you, there, there's people right now in this room that would say, oh, really? Well, you forgot one thing. I can pray for you. I can pray for you. I can pray for you. You're not in this alone. You have brothers and sisters in the Lord who've been through what you've been through. 
and have found victory that God gave them, even in the midst of some stuff they thought they'd never see the light of day again. And God broke through. God did a big thing. You're not in this alone. And I think you need to know that. So one of the things I want to just encourage you, right now this prayer team would love to pray for you guys. They really would. But you need to start recognizing that there's more for you than against you. So we're all going to stand to our feet. If you would, let's stand up. And if you're in this room and you're just struggling, maybe there's just something going on, would you have the courage to step out, come up here to one of our prayer partners, and just go to them and say, this is what I need you to pray for. And they would love to pray for you. Now for me, I'm going to go right here in the corner. And if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, that's the first thing you need to do right now. You're not joining a church. This is about relationship with Jesus. Jesus, I need you. We can pray together. I've got some stuff I want to give you that can just kind of help prime the pump a little bit with this journey of following Jesus. But you've got to have some courage while everybody's walking out to go play video games. You're going to walk over here to come talk to me about what relationship with Jesus. Okay? Cowboy Junction. Before you go, enjoy Galaga out there, okay? And don't forget the bonus round and have two ships when you go into there, okay? And then hit the fire button as fast as you can. Okay? You're going to do you're going to do really good. I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't forget next week it's time for us to love God, to love people and have no limits in our life. You guys have a great week in the Lord. See you later.